This podcast episode is slightly different in that it's a little bit more personal and it's also fun. Tristan and I reflect on the New Action Podcast's first few episodes and we share some personal news. We talk about the U.S. elections and we also talk about different techniques we have to find balance in our lives and tips to find your purpose. We hope that this is a useful episode for you and we hope that there are some lessons that you can take from our conversation. The reason why we're doing this podcast is because there are really important stories to tell in Canada and in the world, and we want people to hear about these stories from young people's point of views, right? And these are conversations that will lead to inspiring our listeners to take action somewhere. I I think that's an important thing to strive for. And so for me, it was like, let's try to get as many people as possible to be exposed to our platform and what this is all about. Welcome to the New Action Podcast. I'm Alfred Bergeson, a member of the Prime Minister's Youth Council and the founder of Collective Action. And I'm Tristan Olaf, the co-founder and managing director of Nouvelle News, a youth-driven news and media platform amplifying stories that matter. We are young activists and we have conversations about topics, people and events in the world today conversations that explore important stories and hopefully inspire action. If you enjoy our podcast, subscribe, give us a rating and follow us on social media. Let's look back on our first month having a podcast. We uploaded our first episode on October 10th. It's only been 20 days since then. We've been ranked top 100 in society and culture in Canada. And we recently were ranked 41 in education in Canada. What what are your thoughts, man? When I hit you up to start this podcast a couple of months ago, would you have thought that we would be where we are now? I think on on the end of being super successful and, and getting more ears on important stories, we've been doing a really great job. I think that the content we put out is is stories that we can be proud of talking about, and some of the stuff we we have coming up over the next couple of weeks. I think it's. We've hit the right tone. We've hit the right note, I think. What's been happening in your personal life as you look back on October, man? October has been a very interesting month this year. I think outside of getting more cats, which definitely can be a big change. No, October has definitely been a month of growth and, and reflection. Earlier on this month, my business partner and I, Sam, decided that we were going to uh, take a bit of a strategic reflection period on Nouvelle. Nouvelle News. Essentially, Nouvelle is a a youth-driven news organization. The basic goal is to try and provide a platform for young perspectives, which we believe are alienated, and also using that platform to amplify marginalized perspectives. So it is a bit of a a take on the contemporary media scene, which we believe, unfortunately, is quite market-based and excludes a lot of very important perspectives and therefore a lot of very important stories, which should get more more engagement and more understanding. So that was the basic idea of Nouveau when we started. And the way that it's been manifested has been obviously online on our platform, nouvelle.news. And and then on on Instagram also through shareables, and then obviously on a couple of other social medias. The goal has basically been to just the amount of uh, stories that we can get out there that we feel are under-discussed. We want to try and publish them. And then also we try to use our platform as a means for young Canadians who have very valid stories or opinions who might not have necessarily been comfortable sharing them in written form. We work very hard to help people translate their stories into 
into articles, into opinions, uh, into analysis that we can share. It's been a very interesting experience in terms of trying to follow the news beat, understanding what it is that people want to learn more about, what kind of content and stories people do engage with, and also learning how to grow an, an online platform and an online following. And I think it was one of those projects that we, we started in the middle of quarantine, right at the beginning of COVID, having some time on our hands and seeing some legitimate flaws, I think, in the information flows that exist within Canada and the, the Canada media environment. But what's been fascinating for my business partner, Sam and I, has just been how much we've learned about news and about creating an organization, starting a small business. And so the point of this reflection is to take in what we've almost been working on full-time for the the length of the summer and look at how we can continue to grow it, continue to make it impactful, but also importantly, make it manageable in terms of how we as business owners can look after it and continue to grow it. And that's what this period has been about. And I find October to have been a strong period of reflection. Mm. What about you? Obviously, you've had an amazing success with the launch of the collective action movement. Yeah. How's that been for you? October has been quite a month for you, it seems. Yeah, it's it has been a really busy month. On top of my sort of full-time work, collective action has definitely been a passion project and it's taken up a lot of my time though. I enjoy it because I know it's something that is allowing people to participate and lend their voice to issues that they care about, issues that that matter and yeah, it's been it's been a really busy month. And I know for for myself I definitely haven't had I have not been getting out outside as much as I, I need to be. I spent three months in the woods in the middle of the pandemic. And since coming back to the city and, and settling in a new place with my girlfriend, I definitely, I need to get outside more. I need to spend some time outside. And so that's really how I tried to spend this, this weekend was outside going for walks, both yesterday and today, spending hours at the park. I'm feeling refreshed. I'm looking forward to November, it's Scorpio season. So I'm really, I'm excited for this month. I'm excited for the things we have lined up for the podcast. But I think this month, I'm definitely going to be trying to get outside more, maybe get over to Windhorse Farm, which is my my getaway place in Nova Scotia and in, in Bridgewater. Beautiful old growth forest with cabins in the woods, disconnected from internet, disconnected from, yeah, just social media. And so I think in November, I'm going to try to get out there once, at least once. How have you used meditation to... Uh, yeah. <laughs> really <laughs> transactional. <laughs> uh, what Alfred is referring to, and it's a good segue because the other big part of the end of this month of, of October for me was that I was offered a, a position at a new place of work, which is very exciting. Yeah, um, you were. Yeah, so at a, a place called Impact Hub Ottawa, which is basically a, a community and co-working space located in, in downtown Ottawa. And basically, it's a very vibrant community of small businesses, entrepreneurs, and innovators within the Ottawa area who all share this, this physical space as an office, which can be very interesting to engage with during this COVID time, but also a very interconnected online social community that tries to work together to you know facilitate positive change around the world and, and also inside the city. And so I'm going to be working as community animator, which is hopefully directly going to put me in this position where, yeah, I help to host events and interact with the community and, and all those kinds of things. But it's very exciting. But all that to say that when I applied for this job in the final interview, one of the things that I had to do was organize a sort of five to 10 minute, they called it a tweak shop, essentially 
a help the participants on the call learn a sort of non-essential life skill. And I decided to basically do a, a, a meditation tutorial and session. And that, so is, that, so, that is so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it worked very well, but I had to really utilize my accent and some very peaceful music. And I went deeply into the microphone and <laughs> talked about your breathing patterns and breathing up and in through your toes and out through the tip of your fingers and it, it all went very well. And I think it was, uh, yeah, if in doubt, meditation is, is a great way to get people in the right space of mind to have a positive interview with you. Absolutely. So, yeah, it was an interesting experience. It was very much appreciated, though. We should so, someday, I, I think someday we should introduce meditation on one of our episodes and maybe take our listeners through an exercise. You're clearly good at this because it landed you a job. So you might as well share it with us too, you know? Yeah, exactly. I'll leave it in, in the comments. Shoot us a message if you guys think that it's a good idea. I would love to hear just a little bit from, from your end because I'm going to be going into this position where I'm going to be working semi-full-time, but also with a lot of projects on the, on the back burner, whether it's Nouvelle or this podcast and, and a few other things. I mean, obviously you're someone who has been hard at work, but also micromanaging a lot of projects in the background. Now, I don't think any of us, you know, perceive ourselves to be the most productive, most effective workers, but from what I've been able to see, you definitely embody a lot of those characteristics. So what would you say are some of your tips for being able to manage a lot of different projects at the same time, but continuing to, to give them the time that they deserve? That's a big question. And I don't know if I have the answers to all the facets of that question. But for me, I just, I prioritize initiatives or things that I want to put my time into. I take time to think about, okay, over the next six months or let's say month or two, like what do I want to put my time into? I think about work, I think about family, social life, and I try my best to think about what the things are that I'm going to prioritize. And then after identifying those things, setting some goals or sort sort of timelines for myself. And sometimes it can be completely unrealistic, but it, it gives me that North star to be like, okay, I said this, so I need to put in the hours to, to get it. For example, I have a project that I'm working on with a Senator and I know what the end result of this project is first needing to set a date for when that end result and product needs to be complete. Setting a date for that and telling him that and sharing that with the team so that I give myself, I've put it out there. So I, I need to reach that. So it can be as specific as like setting a date to complete something, some work, but it can also be aspirational. So like when I, when we started this podcast, I literally said, I want us to be the number one podcast in the world. <laughs> That was intentional because I know yeah. for me, and this is not for everyone, this is just how I know I work is if I'm going to do something like this, which is like a side of my desk sort of thing where I'm not, well, nobody's paying me to do this. This is just something that I've been thinking about doing for a while. And I needed to set that goal as number one, because it really motivated me to watch hours of YouTube videos and learn from people who've done podcasting before to learn like what it takes to be, whether it's on the new and noteworthy page or what it takes to get high downloads, what it takes to get on other people's podcasts, what it takes to grow your downloads, what it takes to get seen in other parts of the world and how that factors into becoming the number one podcast in the world. Yeah. So some goals might be aspirational and some goals might be like very specific in terms of getting a certain amount of 
work done or completing a specific project. So I think for me, that's primarily how I keep myself going and stay productive. It's really a jigsaw. It's really, for me, it's really messy. I don't have a really organized calendar. I do for my, my work and scheduling meetings and things like that, but I'm not very organized when it comes to putting time aside for uh, really sort of task oriented things. I just, I set goals and then I try to do it because oftentimes when I do set a calendar, that's super specific. Things pop up that are out of my control and I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. or, I can't, or I can't do that thing that I had on my calendar. So for me, it's, I'm not very rigid in terms of scheduling my days hour by hour. It's just a matter of, okay, here are my priorities. Here's what I know I'm, I'm aiming for either by a specific date or time. Here's the North Star for a project and just let's make it happen. I think definitely talking about setting targets. I think you might want to, sometimes you think you want to default to setting realistic expectations, but sometimes it, it can be even more motivating to set like unrealistic expectations for yourself, especially when you're thinking about the beginning of something and just being like, okay, where, what, what do I want from this? And best case scenario, how does this go down? And then you can start to work backwards from it. And I think sometimes you can surprise yourself with how much you can get done mm-hmm. uh, if your aspirations are really high. Like, yeah. dude, like I, the reason why we're doing this podcast is because there are really important stories to tell in Canada and in the world. And we want people to hear about these stories from young people's point of views, right? And these are conversations that will lead to hopefully inspiring our listeners to take action somewhere. I I think that's an important thing to strive for. And so for me, it was like, let's try to get as many people as possible to be exposed to our platform and what this is all about. Setting that number one podcast in the world is completely unrealistic, dog. (laughs) (laughs) That's what makes you competitive. And I think, yeah, you ought to have that kind of mentality. It's very interesting to hear from you and it's something that I'm thinking about quite a lot. Sometimes I struggle more with the day-to-day, whereas other people I know who are highly productive, highly involved, highly engaged, but really struggle sometimes with the creativity of, you know, how can I take all these skills that I'm really good at putting to use on a day-to-day basis and manifest a reality that's bigger than that? I, th- I think an important part of this conversation as well is, okay, so there's the aspect of what do you do to stay productive and useful when working on your goals, but there's also a piece of this conversation that's really important, which is what do you do to take time and take care of yourself too, right? Which I think you and I are people who think about this quite a bit and, and try our best to create that space. I think for me, one of the one of the things that I've done quite frequently that has allowed me to move at a, a quicker pace is this activity. It's called Ikigai. <laughs> Have I told you about this or do you know about Ikigai? No, I feel like you might have mentioned it once. Oh, dude, I totally, have, like, I totally have mentioned this to you, by the way. Sounds like a Ghanaian cult movement. <laughs> no, it's not Ghanaian. It's a Japanese uh, term. And what it means is a reason for being. I've, I've definitely told you about this. I know I have, and I'm okay. so disappointed to hear tell, you haven't done it. I, I, what I was try- <laughs> Come on, Alfred. I was trying to use creative techniques to get yeah. you to explain this to our listeners, okay? Yeah, okay. Come on, man. Give us the rundown. But Ikigai, ikigai is a tool. Ikigai. 
Don't be an Ikigai. But anyway, Ikigai is a tool and it's a diagram and it has a bunch of circles. And the main circles are what you love, what the world needs, what you can be paid for, and what you're good at. So there's those four you know, bubbles and then overlapping those four bubbles inward are your passion, your mission, your vocation, and your profession. And so this is a tool that I frequently use to, again, just reflect on what I'm good at, what the world needs, what I can be paid for, and what I love dealing. And this is something that, like I said before, like, I, to me, I, I can't go by calendars or like a really organized calendar just because I know for me, like too many things pop up or like I get a call and I have to like put my attention elsewhere on certain things. And so icky guys is, is similar in that you're not necessarily icky guy allows you to think about where the world is at the time that you're using that tool, what the needs are of the world. And at that time also, maybe like what you're good at, because we're always changing. The world is always changing. What you're interested in is also always changing. So whenever using this tool, it allows you to think about all those different pieces. And yeah, just think about where you fit within all those pieces. So that's a tool that I think can be really useful for anyone, especially young people who are trying to figure Mm -hmm. out what their path is or what they should be putting their time into. Yeah. And a useful tool for finding balance. And mm-hmm. I think that is, that is the, the key word towards uh, a happy and, and fulfilling life. And obviously something that was chases, like you said, being able to find a happy medium between fulfillment from a spiritual level, fulfillment from a you know humanitarian level, fulfillment from a monetary level and fulfillment from a sort of self-care level. It's all about finding that balance. So I'm looking at Ikigai right now and it's, it sounds a lot less shady now that I see all the rings, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a tough one. And there, there's a lot of different lines of conversations to take from this. And I think the first thing that sort of strikes me and it's going back slightly, but I, I do think that in trying to find that balance, the difficulty of overcoming, I think for a lot of millennials and young people is overcoming that beast that is procrastination. And I think that the worst part about procrastination is that you just almost sit in like a you sit in a void where you're almost achieving none of the things of the Ikigai. <laughs> it's, it's one of those tough things. And I think sometimes having different aspects of your life that you can go out and do at different times, giving yourselves options can be helpful in terms of you're not sitting down and procrastinating, but instead sitting down and, and reading or sitting down and working on a small project or going outside for a walk or something like that. And just knowing that at every moment there is a need to satisfy some aspect of that equilibrium that keeps you happy and not letting yourself just get overwhelmed by a a single one of them yeah it's interesting it's very interesting i think it ties in also to to meditation (laughs) when Mm -hmm. we come full circle in this in this conversation yeah man and and lord knows we're gonna need some meditation with the month ahead of us yeah thankfully the i was looking this up the calendar has been very kind to us in the sense that the U.S. election is taking place just about as early as it possibly could in November. I'm someone obviously who studied political science and I find entertainment and sort of intellectual interest in politics. Do you care? Do you care about the U.S. election or did you lose faith in them a long time back? Do I care? I'm scared. (laughs) Bro, 
Yes, I care. I care. And I'm very worried about what might happen in the U.S. I am happy to soothe your fears. Joe Biden's going to win the election. It's not going to be close. It's going to be a massive humiliation for Donald Trump. And him and his ego and his supporters are going to have to figure it out. But Listen, I, I I'm, not, I'm not worried about Trump losing. <laughs> Whatever happens, whether he wins or whether he loses, I don't think the United States is going to be in a good state. No, not at all. And that's not what makes all. me scared. That's yeah. what makes me scared. It could be worse, though. But in terms of the American democracy project, it honestly really couldn't be worse. Every oh, day man. it gets worse. There was a moment today where an advisor for the Trump campaign got onto a, a, a radio. It wasn't a radio show. It was literally ABC, like the national broadcasting provider or whatever. And he basically said that the, the campaign, the Trump campaign assumes that by around about midnight on, on Tuesday evening, the day of the election, they're going to be leading in enough states that they can call the election for themselves, knowing that the majority of Democrats vote by mail and mail ballots usually get counted the day after or two days after. And it's, they're not even, they're not even like trying to keep, they're so excited about their plan to try and steal this election. Oh they yeah. Even keep it, they can't even keep it in. Yeah. Trump, his rallies have been literally named victory rally. <laughs> One of my favorite things was that Donald Trump at first was going to host his quote unquote victory party on election night at the Trump international hotel in Washington, D.C., of course. He never misses a chance to self-advertise his own brand. But what was hilarious is that the, the District of Columbia has a, a ban on gatherings over 50 people. So, of course, he was outraged and decided to not have his, his victory party or whatever at his own hotel. He's decided to have it in the White House. And it came up today <laughs> that he's doing that because he plans to invite over 400 people to the White House oh for his victory party, not even one month after he had a super spreader event for the nomination of his illegitimate Supreme Court nominee and now uh, faithful member of the court for life, the 44-year-old conservative Amy Coney Barrett. But yeah, I just find it hilarious that they have these laws in place to stop super spreader events. And every time they host something at the White House, it becomes a super spreader event. I'm scared. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm just very scared for violence, honestly. Yeah, that's um, what I'm scared All the too. signs are, are just, they don't look good. And it's a total cult movement. It's once people are deep into the conspiracy theories, there's no, there's no bringing them back, at least to the level in which they believe that Trump is the Messiah and victory is, is the highest likelihood. So this week, we'll be joining Canadian Politics is Boring podcast on apple and spotify you should check them out if you haven't they're two guys who are hilarious so they're two friends one of them has no interest in politics whatsoever and the other is interested in politics and essentially the whole podcast is one guy sharing canadian history about politics to the other and trying to make it entertaining so that he could absorb the information about politics in Canada. And it's just hilarious, man. It's a genius uh, idea for a podcast. It is. For people who are not interested in, in politics, it makes it interesting. And it makes it not boring, which, you know, is the, the key for it all. But yeah, these two guys are great. Rise and Jesse are the, are the co-hosts of that podcast. And so on Wednesday, we're going to join them. And that will that will be public sometime this week. So we'll make sure to share it on our platform as well. The other conversation I'm really looking forward to is with Steve Anderson, who is the co-founder of NewMode. And NewMode is the software that essentially powers collective action. 
New Mode is the platform that allows for people all over the world to host different campaigns targeted at decision makers. And uh, really excited to, to chat with, with Steve Anderson about how he co-founded New Mode, what he's been learning about different campaigns in the world, what some of the most successful campaigns are, and maybe he can share some tips to our listeners on most effective ways to create change and, and action in their community. So really looking, looking forward to that conversation. I think that we're already keeping up to one to two episodes per week, and it's very exciting. And I'm very excited to, to speak to the other uh, co-founder of, of New Mode, Steve Anderson. I think in lieu of our podcast being called New Action, New Mode itself is a very, very interesting platform, very interesting software, very interesting idea to try and facilitate grassroots interaction. And uh, yeah, very, very exciting. And again, we want to really encourage some of the listeners to reach out. We can only do as many stories as, as we can think of and ideas that we can think of. If you are, are interested in hearing something or hearing from someone that you think would make a great guest or a great idea, please reach out on our Facebook, our Instagram, New Action Podcast. Send us some ideas, send us your thoughts. We really love to hear from the audience. We want to get you guys as involved as possible. And one of the best ways is to send forward your ideas so we can try and, and act on them. The biggest way we become the best podcast and most successful podcast in the world is through a strong community of engaged and like activated listeners. These are all exciting things to look forward to, whether you are the co-host of the podcast uh, or, or the listeners. It's really great to be able to have these open-ended conversations, talk about how things are going and, and create a contrast. Yeah, I think it's a pretty comprehensive first catch-up session with the uh, co-hosts of the New Action Podcast. Alfred Bergson, a couple more things on, on your mind? I have a story. All right. Once upon a time, there were two African Canadians who started a podcast called New Action Podcast. Every day, they built their platform. They engaged with youth across Canada and the world. And then the next step is they toppled Joe Rogan. <laughs> because of that got a multi-million dollar spotify deal and because of that youth now feel confident to take down the establishment <laughs> wow that went really deep huh <laughs> let's end off then i think this has been a really cool experience learning about the podcasting field and i'm just looking forward to seeing what's next and how it goes and our conversations with guests and getting our listeners engaged, getting our community engaged. It's still very early, so very early. I'm just looking forward to what's next for us and continuing to grow our podcast and continuing to engage with people uh, wherever they are. Yeah, yeah. I think if our focus remains on the stories, our focus remains on the interviewees and our focus remains on the listeners, then we can't really go wrong as long as we're continuing to share important stories, provide innovative ideas in which to involve yourself in terms of positive action on those stories and just doing what we can to inform and inspire. I think those are our, our general goals. I think through the first couple of episodes, we've been able to succeed with that. And I think we're both very motivated to continue doing exactly that. We're very glad that you, the audience, joined us on for another episode of the New Action Podcast. This one, slightly less structured, but just as enjoyable. We hope that you were able to learn a little bit more about us and where we're at and i hope you look forward to the new episodes coming out in, in the coming weeks they're going to be really interesting 
and uh, must listen episodes. That's for sure. If you enjoy our podcast, subscribe, give us a rating and follow us on social media.